chapter eight of life and death of harriet freen by may sinclair this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter eight her mother had some secret that she couldn't share she was wonderful in her pure high serenity surely she had some secret she said he was closer to her now than he had ever been and in her correct precise answers to the letters of condolence harriet wrote i feel that he is closer to us now than he ever was but she didn't really feel it she only felt that to feel it was the beautiful and proper thing she looked for her mother's secret and couldn't find it meanwhile mr hitchens had given them six weeks they had to decide where they would go into devonshire or into a cottage at hampstead where sarah barmby lived now her mother said you think you'd like to live in sidmouth near aunt harriet they had stayed one summer at sidmouth with aunt harriet she remembered the red cliffs the sea and aunt harriet's garden stuffed with flowers they had been happy there she thought she would love that the sea and the red cliffs and a garden like aunt harriet's but she was not sure whether it was what her mother really wanted mamma would never say she would have to find out somehow well what do you think it would be leaving all your friends hattie my friends yes but lizzie and sarah and connie pennefather she could live without them oh there's mrs hancock well her mother's voice suggested that if she were put to it she could live without mrs hancock and harriet thought she does want to go to sidmouth then it would be very nice to be near aunt harriet she was afraid to say more than that lest she should show her own wish before she knew her mother's aunt harriet yes but it's very far away hattie we should be cut off from everything lectures and concerts we couldn't afford to come up and down no we couldn't she could see that mamma did not really want to live in sidmouth she didn't want to be near aunt harriet she wanted the cottage at hampstead and all the things of their familiar intellectual life going on and on after all that was the way to keep near to papa to go on doing the things they had done together her mother agreed that it was the way i can't help feeling harriet said it's what he would have wished her mother's face was quiet and content she hadn't guessed they left the white house with the green balcony hung out like a birdcage at the side and turned into the cottage at hampstead the rooms were small and rather dark and the furniture they had brought had a squeezed-up unhappy look the blue egg on the marble-topped table was conspicuous and hateful as it had never been in the black's lane drawing-room harriet and her mother looked at it must it stay there i think so fanny hancock gave it me mamma you know you don't like it no but after all these years i couldn't turn the poor thing away her mother was an old woman clinging with an old stubborn fidelity to the little things of her past but harriet denied it she's not old she said to herself not really old harriet her mother said one day i think you ought to do the housekeeping oh mamma why she hated the idea of this change because you'll have to do it some day she obeyed but as she went her rounds and gave her orders she felt that she was doing something not quite real playing at being her mother as she had played when she was a child then her mother had another thought harriet i think you ought to see more of your friends dear why because you'll want them after i'm gone i shall never want anybody but you and their time went as it had gone before in sewing together reading together listening to lectures and concerts together 
they had told sarah that they didn't want anybody to call they were hilton freen's wife and daughter after our wonderful life with him they said you'll understand sarah that we don't want people and if harriet was introduced to any stranger she accounted for herself arrogantly my father was hilton freen they were collecting his remains for publication months passed years passed going each one a little quicker than the last and harriet was thirty-nine one evening coming out of church her mother fainted that was the beginning of her illness february eighteen eighty three first came the long months of weakness then the months and months of sickness then the pain the pain she had been hiding that she couldn't hide any more they knew what it was now that horrible thing that even the doctors were afraid to name they called it something malignant when the friends mrs hancock connie pennefather lizzie and sarah called to inquire harriet wouldn't tell them what it was she pretended that she didn't know that the doctors weren't sure she covered it up from them as if it had been a secret shame and they pretended that they didn't know but they knew they were talking now about an operation there was one chance for her in a hundred if they had sir james pargeter one chance she might die of it she might die under the anaesthetic she might die of shock she was so old and weak still there was that one chance if only she would take it but her mother wouldn't listen my dear it would cost a hundred pounds how do you know what it would cost oh she said i know she was smiling above the sheet that was tucked close up tight under her chin shutting it all down sir james pargeter would cost a hundred pounds harriet couldn't lay her hands on the money or on half of it or a quarter that doesn't matter if they think it'll save you they think they think but i know i know better than all the doctors but mamma darling she urged the operation just because it would be so difficult to raise the hundred pounds she urged it she wanted to feel that she had done everything that could be done that she had let nothing stand in the way that she had shrunk from no sacrifice one chance in a hundred what was a hundred pounds weighed against that one chance if it had been one in a thousand she would have said the same it would be no good hattie i know it wouldn't they just love to try experiments those doctors they're dying to get their knives into me don't let them gradually day by day harriet weakened her mother's frightened voice tore at her broke her down supposing she really died under the operation supposing it was cruel to excite and upset her just for that it made the pain worse either the operation or the pain going on and on stabbing with sharper and sharper knives cutting in deeper all their care the antiseptics the restoratives dragging it out giving it more time to torture her when the three friends came harriet said i shall be glad and thankful when it's all over i couldn't want to keep her with me just for this yet she did want it she was thankful every morning that she came to her mother's bed and found her alive lying there looking at her with her wonderful smile she was glad because she still had her and now they were giving her morphia under the torpor of the drug her face changed the muscles loosened the flesh sagged the widened swollen mouth hung open only the broad beautiful forehead the beautiful calm eyebrows were the same the face sallow white half imbecile was a mask flung aside she couldn't bear to look at it it wasn't her mother's face her mother had died already under the morphia she had a shock every time she came in and found it still there on the day her mother died she told herself she was glad and thankful 
she met her friends with a little quiet composed face saying i'm glad and thankful she's at peace but she wasn't thankful she wasn't glad she wanted her back again and she reproached herself one minute for having been glad and the next for wanting her she consoled herself by thinking of the sacrifices she had made how she had given up sidmouth and how willingly she would have paid the hundred pounds i sometimes think hattie said mrs hancock melancholy and condoling that it would have been very different if your poor mother could have had her wish what what wish her wish to live in sidmouth near your aunt harriet and sarah barmby sympathizing heavily stopped short and brooding trying to think of something to say if the operation had only been done three years ago when they knew it would save her three years ago but we didn't know anything about it then she did don't you remember it was when i stayed with her oh hattie didn't she tell you she never said a word oh well she wouldn't hear of it even then when they didn't give her two years to live three years she had had it three years ago she had known about it all that time three years ago the operation would have saved her she would have been here now why had she refused it when she knew it would save her she had been thinking of the hundred pounds to have known about it three years and said nothing to have gone believing she hadn't two years to live that was her secret that was why she had been so calm when papa died she had known she would have him again so soon not two years if i'd been them lizzie was saying i'd have bitten my tongue out before i told you it's no use worrying hattie you did everything that could be done i know i know she held up her face against them but to herself she said that everything had not been done her mother had never had her wish and she had died in agony so that she harriet might keep her hundred pounds end of chapter eight recording by expatriate in bangor maine